Welcome to The Firing Line with Rick Travis, Legislative Director for the California Rifle and Pistol Association. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, CCW Safe, Vortex Optics, Cutting Edge Bullets, and the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. And now, your host, Rick Travis. Patriots, unite and welcome to Firing Line Radio, brought to you by the California Rifle and Pistol Association. I'm Rick Travis, your host, the Legislative Director for the CRPA, and with me today is Kevin Small, the Director of Grassroots and Advocacy, and we're going to be talking to you about firearm safety because the California Rifle Pistol Association, located at crpa.org, who we'd love to have you join us, is getting ready to celebrate its 150th anniversary. And the first two words of our motto are be safe, because part of what we were founded for 150 years ago in the state was to teach people firearm safety, and we've been doing that. And so you would think, with 150 years, of competitions that have led to Olympic champions, with competitions that have led to some of the finest people in law enforcement and military being parts of national and international teams, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, 4-H, Boys and Girls Club, Future Farmers of America groups, and all sorts of competitive leagues throughout, that whenever the legislature of California wanted to know more about firearm safety, they, of course, would give us a call, drop us a line, knock on the door. And wait, has that ever happened, Kevin? <laughs> uh, not, not to my recollection. And I, I actually think I might know why. Uh, it, it's, it happens to be a pretty big issue with a lot of political conversations these days. And that is, I, they just don't define the word safety the way that we do. Uh, you know, they, they use the term safety to basically get an emotional response out of people when they're trying to create these erroneous bills that they say will reduce uh, crime in California, but as we see time and time again, it just doesn't, which becomes the reason for them to just try and shove more and more bills down our throat, all in the name of safety. Whereas, and I know, Rick, you've been doing this a long time, uh, the firearms community focuses very heavily on safety, and, and what that means literally is making sure that every person involved is safe. And I know that you can speak to that on all of your your, your training uh, that you've done and then the work here at CRPA as well. So that's a good point you bring up because definitions are everything. I think anybody's been in a conversation with a family member at the workplace or any other place where you talk, you have to have the same definitions. Otherwise, the conversation literally becomes a moving target. And you can have two, three or more people talking about what they believe to be the same thing, but it's not. And the left loves to confuse things. So, for example, folks, our own Governor Gavin Newsom back in 2016 with Proposition 63 called it safety for all. And we've now seen since that proposition was passed and many people didn't realize what they were voting for, it had nothing to do with safety for all. In fact, in many ways, it made us less safe as Californians. So we're going to look at the legislative package that has come through because a lot of times you hear myself and other people, maybe in a podcast or somewhere, talk about a particular bill 
piece of legislation and go, okay, well, how does that apply to everything else? And it can get confusing if you read a blog. So we're going to try to make it as unconfusing as possible, but talk. So firearm safety for most of us would be defined as those things that help you to know how to be safe with your firearm. It includes how we store it. it. includes how we protect it. it. includes how you protect your investment because having a firearm like any other tool, it's an investment. It, it deals with how do you teach people to use firearms safely? What are the things that we teach them to use? Our range is safe. And then finally, what it takes to stay that way. However, I think today after we break this down on the show, you're going to realize that this year's package of bills do the opposite of firearm safety. So let's start with the first one. Kevin, we have roughly how many million gun owners in California? I mean, if you have to look at uh, estimates, you're talking about a quarter or maybe a little less than that of the population in California. So somewhere between 7.5 and 10 million. Okay. So let's just round it off at eight. So you got eight million people out there. Obviously, some of them live together in the same, under the same roof. So let's just say for fun, five million of them are individual sites. So that'd be five million safes, just so we have a number. In fact, for any of you who think that's too high, we can even go with a million. It's still crazy at a million. Average safe costs what? About a thousand dollars for a, a sizable gun safe? Sure. So now you can do your simple math. That's a lot of money we're talking about here in California. Perhaps, uh, perhaps enough revenue to make up for billions of dollars in deficit that, that right. Gavin Newsom and the legislature have created for us. Maybe not though. Yeah. And, now what you're seeing is a bill, Assembly Bill 3064 by Manshine is saying, hey, if the safe company or the company makes a product to make your firearm safe hasn't paid a fee to the state of California, they can't sell it in California because it will not be considered DOJ, Department of Justice, approved safe. But I don't want to make it, make this really clear. This isn't like the old days in the fifties and sixties where you had a safety sticker because there was a government agency or a nonprofit had been contracted by the government to check its safety. This is strictly you didn't pay a tax. Yeah. And let, let's see exactly what they're doing here. If you are in the firearms community in California and you've been frustrated for the past couple of decades, because you see your comrades in other states that have firearms that you can't get, they are basically creating a lockbox roster, uh, just like the handgun roster that we have here. They're throwing it to the Department of Justice. They're saying, hey, we want you guys to pre-approve a list of locked storage boxes that we can enforce people have to use for storing firearms in their home. You know, and, and there's just a lot of, there's a lot of leeway for the Department of Justice here. What if they only pick lock boxes that have to be bolted to your floor? Yeah. Are you going to, are you going to bolt a, a safe on the floor next to your bed? Especially if you're in an so. apartment. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they, they can, they can do a little bit of discrimination economically as well. What if they only approve safes that cost more than $1,500? If you can't, if you can't lock your firearm in this lockbox, you can't have a firearm. That's the way they're writing this. So they're really trying to disenfranchise the, the firearms community with, with these bills attacking lockboxes that have been steadily been being created within the legislature and local ordinance, uh, as lock storage ordinances all around the state for the last few years. 
Yeah, and that's one of the problems that we need to look at in this is because then you have Portentino who did a gut and amend bill and turned it into uh, Senate Bill 53, which is firearm storage, which is also telling you when it comes to storing your firearm, you have to keep it in a place where it's always locked up at home along with your ammunition separately. So if something goes wrong, you have to go to those two different places and bring them together to be able to defend yourself. Despite the fact, Kevin, that both in the McDonald and the Heller and the Bruin decisions, they were told categorically by three different Supreme Courts of, yeah, that's unconstitutional. You can't do it. And yet, in the name of safety, what they want to do is give the advantage. I know just to, you know, in the next door county of Orange, they've had a couple of home invasions where people came in with guns and the people didn't have the ability to get to anything in any reasonable amount of time to defend themselves. So they ended up becoming victims. This is an issue of doing the reverse. It's making us unsafe. And, you know, the whole reason, like you said, is, hey, if we can do this, we can stop a mass shooting. Kevin, can you name a mass shooting in California that would have been stopped had we had a properly DOJ-approved safe? I mean, no, like 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 so many of the other laws that we have seen trying to restrict firearm ownership in California, uh, laws like these do not stop uh, mass shootings. They, they don't stop crime uh, in general. At most, uh, you could look at, um, you know, accidental accidental firearms incidences that might be linked to something like this. But that even that is uh, is a very small portion of this argument. And is it really worth risking uh, the freedom and safety of everybody in California over something like that that really hasn't had any studies done on it yet? Yeah, and that's one of the things I want to make sure people understand. We at CRPA believe in firearm safety. We believe you should have your firearms locked in a safe, do it properly, understand how you do that in a safe because it's not – don't look at necessarily the pictures or some things you need to know with your particular firearms. But the challenge here is for many of us, we might have to go buy one or two safes to be compliant if these are passed through. And, folks, this is why this election – that comes up on Tuesday is critical for you and as many of your friends and family to go vote. If you've got a great person who backs the Second Amendment because you went to CRPA.org and checked out under our elections area and saw their rating, great. Vote to keep them in. But if they're not approved and they're not backing your constitutional right, show up and vote to vote them out. Now's the time to fire these people because Folks, as we go on into the next couple of segments and we talk about what more they're doing in the name of firearm safety, you're going to find out that if you don't respond now, we may be talking in a couple of years and this will be, oh, the nothing line radio station because there won't be a firing line. And the reason is because you won't have your constitutional rights. We'll be back. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971, now has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. 
Visit Turner's.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and members-only specials sent directly to your inbox. For more info to sign up for the Turner's Discount Club or to shop online, visit Turner's.com. Hi folks, Philip Naiman. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com. AM590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Welcome back to Firing Line Radio. I'm your host, Rick Travis, the legislative director for the California and Rifle Pistol Association. And with me is Kevin Small our wonderful director of grassroots and advocacy. Before we get back into the firearm storage and firearm safety, Kevin, tell us a little bit about your wonderful chapter program. Well, the chapter program uh, saw its inception in 2019. We have grown to over 40 counties within the state. Uh, These are not just people who get together and talk about uh, the Second Amendment or CRPA. These are people who are activated within their community. They are building bonds with uh, local representatives and local law enforcement offices. They are proactively trying to make their communities better uh, so that the Second Amendment community in California can continue to grow and thrive. You may have seen something that they've been connected to. You can always check out the progress of the program or see if there's a chapter in your area by going to the CRPA website. That's crpa.org. Go ahead and hit the chapter tab and you can find a chapter near you. And if there isn't one, can they create one? Absolutely. That's another, that's another process that you can go through on the website. You can uh, get in contact with CRPA staff at headquarters to start a chapter in your area if one does not already exist. We are looking to continue and grow this program. We have only seen very positive things come out of it, and we look to see a lot more positive things come out of it in the future. And Kevin, if you're a business, firearms or otherwise, and you want to support the program, is there a way for them to do that? Oh man, I'm getting, I'm getting all the plugs here, Rick. Awesome. So yeah, we do have the business affiliate program as well. So if you are a business, you are Second Amendment friendly, uh, and you want to help advocate for, uh, the Second Amendment in California, you can get in touch with CRPA through CRPA.org as well. Uh, become part of our business affiliate program. There are plenty of perks in there, but really what this comes down to is becoming a force multiplier. As a business, you are the grassroots in your community. People are coming in and out of businesses every minute of every day 
uh, and every chance that we get to come in contact with someone who might be on board with advocacy for the Second Amendment or becoming a CRPA member, we want to take advantage of that. There are pretty good incentives there for the business as well, so you definitely want to check that out. And so I bring that up, folks, for uh, for a good reason. I mean, yeah, I'm being nice to Kevin, help plug some of the programs he works, but part of the reason I brought that up is, see, that is me getting a message out to you guys. But there's a new message that's being brought to us in Assembly Bill 3067. So many of us uh, have insurance. We have insurance on our cars, insurance for medicine, insurance for our homes, our businesses, et cetera. There's lots of things uh, if we have planes or, or boats and, and different things like that. So what does Gibson think we need to do to stop uh, criminals and to stop mass shootings and to provide more firearm safety? Well, we need to go talk to an insurance company. And this, to me, just reminds me of stuff that happens in Marxist-backed countries of where every business and every child is turned up upon the people. And so what does this do? Well, this says that whoever you're insured with, doesn't matter if it's your motorcycle, your bi, you know, your bicycle, your your home, your rental property, your business property. That insurance agent, once this is passed, will have to ask you wonderful questions like, "Gee, Kevin, how many firearms do you have in your house? How do you store those firearms in your house? Do you store them in your garage? Is your garage attached or detached? How many do you store there? What is the safe that you store them in? What what firearms specifically do you store there?" Do you store them in your, your RV, your toy hauler? Do you have a, a outbuilding? Do you have a workshop? Do you have a business? Like literally everywhere a farm could be will be part of the questionnaire that you'll have to fill out annually. And then where does that information go? Kevin, it goes to the legislature and to the DOJ. How safe is a firearm person's personal information with the Department of Justice? Well, going off of uh, recent history, you, you can't exactly say it's safe at all. There have been multiple data, and I know you can't see me, but I'm holding up my air quotes. Uh, there have been multiple data leaks uh, over the last year or so just from uh, the, the DOJ itself. But really, I mean, looking at this bill, the, this, this makes you want to cackle in laughter and punch through a wall at the same time. This is an affront on multiple ends, okay? This this bill is going to require an insurance policy to report to the legislature. Uh, you got that right. So, I mean, what is that essentially? That That is them trying to create a registry of firearms uh, through a back door. Something else that you need to consider, these questionnaires or even, even an insurance agent who's asking you these questions, where do these answers end up? They end up on an insurance form. And guess what happens when you are found to have been lying on an insurance form? They deny your coverage or they deny your claims. If you want to know why so many people are leaving California, this is the sort of stuff that becomes that reason. You're not just telling somebody, we want to register all of your firearms. We're also telling them, if they don't want to disclose that information to the government, we're going to take away your insurance on your property. This is hugely detrimental uh, to anybody who understands that they have the right to not have to tell the government that information. Right. And this is this is where I think people, you got to wake up and you got to smell the morning coffee. And it's not a good smell because this smells more like a cesspool coming after you. And it, and. Really, you got to look at it because Kevin, this also goes to the point of, you know, yes, DOJ had its data leaks, 
but we also got to look at fish and wildlife and up dumping the entire fish license database and part of the hunting one. We've had multiple state agencies, and, and I can tell you the state agencies have more money and more security on their their internet and IT facilities than the legislature does. That is so, of course, there are so many things that get leaked to the press and everything through that, that this, it's not a question of if or when, it's how soon, like really. That's what well, yeah. they're... Yeah, and... and... You know, the, the, the time and the day and age that we live, these things just go unchecked. There are absolutely zero consequences for all of these data leaks that we continue to see. And as far as the explanations that they continue to give, oh, this was an accident. Oh, you know, somebody didn't do their job. Well, first of all, if you're not doing your job, there should be consequences. If it was an accident, you know, at this point, enough grains of sand make a heap, man. Right. Like, you know, after after enough grains of sand here, you gotta you gotta pop your head up out of that heap and realize this is intentional. These are right. intentions that the government has, and they are purposefully trying to make sure that specific people are discriminated against and have a target on them. And unfortunately, the firearms community seems to be at the center of that. I think this is a place where we have to to tell people, look, you got to realize this will be leaked, and what are the results of that? that Kevin and I had to deal with was just in the CCW leak, there were many people that actually had to move, actually had to move, and not just out of state, but had to move because, you know, we have uh, brothers and sisters in the firearms community that are the victims of crime, and so during their, their in protection programs, they have done everything, spent extra money to stay away from a, a former spouse that maybe is not um, healthy or right, uh, maybe uh, somebody else that is a threat to them, they had to move. But moreover, this also ended up serving as a, hey, if you're a criminal element and you want firearms, uh, don't have to try to hit five houses on one street hoping you'll get one. Go to this street, and here's here's the laundry list of what you're looking for. Because and here and with this, it would it would actually be a map. It would be like, oh, uh, Kevin, you have your shotguns and your safe in the right corner of your garage. You have your pistols upstairs in the master bedroom closet. You have like this is literally a freaking map for the criminal element and all into the guise of, wait for it, firearms safety. And none of these, I mean, do you really think a gang or these mass killers have insurance policies on their firearms and that had they had to tell their insurance agent, oh, Las Vegas doesn't happen, Gilroy doesn't happen, you know, Stoneman doesn't happen because, oh, they had insurance. Well, let's let's play this out, um, you know, for the individual as well. I mean, currently right now, if somebody is in illegal possession of a firearm, law enforcement still has to obtain a warrant to raid the home, correct? Is that not the process that happens yeah. now? So now if you're a criminal and you have an insurance agent asking you if you possess firearms and you lie to them and tell them no, would they still not have to go obtain that warrant and then raid the house? So exactly right. what's the difference with the criminal element here? There is none. The only difference is the information they obtain from everybody not committing crimes. Right. And I think this is what is so appalling. One of the things that's so appalling about this bill, especially when you start to couple it with the other ones, is they're detailing all the information. People are going to be able to figure it out. They're setting us all up. 
And this is where, again, your vote this Tuesday is so important because people, what we're going to be talking in the next couple of segments about, it, it, it actually gets worse. So quit asking me, quit hitting me up on social media and saying, can it get any worse, Rick? Because the answer is going to be yes, it can. And they're trying to make it worse. And we need to change the playing field. And that starts with your vote, folks. So please make sure you vote this Tuesday. Um, and we'll be back in just a couple seconds. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971, now has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit turners.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and members-only specials sent directly to your inbox. For more info, to sign up for the Turner's Discount Club or to shop online, visit turners.com. AM590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe and the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! Welcome back to Firing Line Radio. So my fellow patriots, we're talking today about safety, firearm safety, the devices. We've told you about some of the programs CRPA has. In this space, we have incredible training. In fact, if you want to become a trainer for the California Rifle Pistol Association, reach out to us at crpa.org, go to the training area, or contact training at crpa.org, and we'll get you set up. But training is the... Oldest thing that we've done, Kevin, in this state. I mean, we started off in June of 1875 training people, literally saying, here we go. And now, like I said at the beginning, this just gets on my nerves. I I constantly hear these senators and assembly members going, well, we're having to reach out to the Giffords group, and we're having to reach out to this college or this university or these people because they can tell us how to do firearms training. And I constantly ask Kevin, like, because they they have experience, like, you have a doctorate's degree in sociology because you actually went to school for, like, eight years to get that, right? Yeah. How many many years of firearms safety training do they have? None. Oh, none. Yeah, that's going to be the resident expert to tell us how to do it. Yeah. Do they know the difference between, and I start rattling stuff off, and they always get catatonic and look at me and like, what? Well, these are critical things you need to know. Like, I'm not game playing. This is stuff you need to know to teach firearm safety. And so we have two bills, um, one from Holden in the Assembly, one from Bradford in the Senate, that are just ridiculous. So let's break down the first one. We've talked about it a little bit before, but it's Assembly Bill 262, and it deals with children's camps. This came from a bill, just so everybody knows, um, that was in Senator Portantino's district that was for a young girl who um, unfortunately lost her life at a city camp pool program. And the response was to come up with the bill to correct city camps, and it covered everything under the sun from rope courses to horseback riding, firearms, swimming pools, skateboards, everything. 
Well, it got met with such a large swath of people forming a coalition that it died the first year, it died the second year, and then the third year, and that went over to Holden's office. And Holden miraculously cut everything out except for horseback riding and swimming pools and ranges, but made the number one priority ranges. In fact, in the bill, there's very little on the other two sports anymore. And what they want to do, folks, is bring a large group in to do a study bill, which has caused a lot of our people to go, well, it's just a study bill. Well, let me explain how a study bill works for everybody. You pass a study bill because it looks innocuous. The study gets done. It comes back. Well, the first thing you have to ask is, who's doing the studying? Well, who you have doing the studying is people who do not like firearms, talking to people who, wait for it, don't like firearms, and saying, these are the things we need to correct. Those go into the study in which, you know, six, seven months from now, a bunch of people just graduated from college are trying to impress the assembly member or senator that they're on a short leash with say, here's an easy knock-it-across-the-home-plate bill to get them a job and launch their career. So this is going to be a quagmire. And this bill has all your enemies at the table and none of your allies in deciding what ranges for kids will look like, infecting every program you've ever heard of under the sun, and then guarantee you within a year they will be after your home range. So, Kevin... Is it not true we have millions of trigger pulls just in youth shooting sports and not one ambulance? Yeah, and you can't really you can't really say that about any other sport uh in in elementary or high school sports. Um there I mean there are plenty of high school football games and wrestling matches that literally have uh ambulances on standby. I think you hit a couple of really good points. With this, though, you know, for for the way that these assemblymen and senators talk about uh, diversity in California, when it comes to setting up these interest groups for studies like these, because they already have the conclusion, they just need to get the so-called evidence. They sure do lack diversity in the way that they put these groups together. Uh, I think that's become more and more apparent. And the other thing is, once these studies are done, and they're presented to the legislature. We've seen it time and time again, Rick. I know that you've complained to be more times than one. Once these studies come in, they seem to be all the evidence that our legislature needs to universally pass these ridiculous laws based on a study that was done that had no input from uh, from the firearms community. Uh, so the fact that it is a bill that just calls for a study uh, with the evidence that we've seen is should be more than alarming uh, because we already know where this path goes. And yeah, you are talking about uh, something that will uh, definitely attack the culture of firearms in California, which is what Governor Newsom said he was going to do. Uh, and he has relentless, relentlessly attacked the youth in California, trying to get them away from the culture of the Second Amendment community. And this is another way that he's trying to do that. So let's let's go. If if this was the only thing going against ranges, I could understand some of you saying, "Yeah, that's bad, Rick," but it's not a trend. Well, let's go to Bradford Senate Bill ten twenty and realize, uh, as I go to say this, a little disclaimer: Yes, I have family in law enforcement. That's not why I'm backing up the the blue, so to speak, on this bill. 
I'm backing them because what they do to law enforcement, you have to hear the argument. So here's going to be the argument. We tell law enforcement they don't have enough training to do X. That passes. A lot of you may be like, well, I don't care. Fine. But then it's something that you do too. So now they come and say, well, if law enforcement, who we entrust to do X, Y, and Z, doesn't have enough training, then little Mary Sue and, and little Juwan and little whoever, you know, it doesn't matter the cultural background, whatever, definitely doesn't have enough training and therefore shouldn't have it either. So that's why we look at this. And so this one has to do with, says law enforcement agency regulation shooting is the title. What it has to do with folks is targets, targets on a police range. And here's what it's saying. The targets can no longer be targets of anybody of color. So this is this is completely interesting to me that you can have a target of a white criminal holding a white hostage for law enforcement to shoot at. But you can't have one of a white criminal holding anybody of color or a colored a person of color holding anybody of a person of color or a person of color holding anybody who is white, which is, in my book, also color. For them to go in and do this, and now they're going to further expand this to what, what does the target look like? And here's why this is a challenge, folks. Because there's a thing in sports, a thing in, in working with tools, things we teach in college, universities, high schools, etc. Um, fishing is another example. It's called muscle memory. I know the difference between what my fishing line should feel like when I'm fishing for trout versus tuna. Because of, wait, muscle memory, doing it, practicing it. So when you go to learn to shoot, whether you're going to just shoot in a competition not every target's the same, is it, Kevin? No, and I think this becomes a, a larger issue. You know, the, this kind of goes to the uh, the diversity, equity, and inclusion part of the political argument that I think we both know what side of the fence I sit on with that. Uh, you know, there is a difference between discrimination and stereotypes. I think that there are places for patterns in this world that law enforcement should be able to train for. Uh, and that goes for any and all colors, uh, not not to mention the overall uh, the overall argument that would eventually stem uh, with the rest of the community. Is the government, after passing this for law enforcement, going to be able to tell me what color of a hardback book color a cover that I can purchase? I mean, what is this really telling us? They're telling us that they can they they can direct what products people buy for specific programs. This is a huge slippery slope, if not, you know, how bad it is on its face already. This is a huge potential slippery slope that our legislature is preparing to take us down. Yeah, I think it's also going to be a First Amendment violation because if you want to take a target to shoot a dinosaur, you want to take a target to shoot a clown, you want to take a target to shoot a tombstone, you should be allowed to do that. But what they're going to create is... No, you're going to have to go to some neutralized, unapproved, not really great practice target, and that's going to be your target. And again, how does this equal firearm safety? How does this keep firearms out of criminals' hands? How does this stop the mass shootings that they're claiming? Oh, wait, wait, what would that be? 
Oh, Rick, we don't have to prove that. We just have to name it and claim it, and that's good enough. And, folks, this is, again, why on Tuesday you've got to show up and vote and vote these people who are not public servants out of office. It's we the people. That's each one of us. And that's what we've got to stop. We've got to stop the tyrants from telling us, their bosses, how things are going to roll. We're going to come back and finish it up with probably the most egregious of the bills. So if you thought the first three segments were back, we'll be right back. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one hunting, fishing, and shooting sports retailer since 1971, now has 33 locations across California and one in Tucson, Arizona. Turner's is your one-stop shop for all your shooting sports and fishing tackle needs. We offer a full selection and unmatched prices on firearms, ammunition, gun safes, shooting accessories, archery equipment, and fishing tackle. Visit turners.com now and sign up for the Turner's Discount Club for free and get our weekly ads and members-only specials sent directly to your inbox. For more info, to sign up for the Turner's Discount Club or to shop online, visit turners.com. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Firing Line Radio. I'm your host, Rick Travis, the Legislative Director for the California Rifle Pistol Association. And with me is Kevin Small, our Director of Grassroots and Advocacy. And we're in here talking about firearm safety and the lack of it here in California, thanks to the legislature. Um, but thankfully for organizations like ourselves and allies, we have been able to train many of you to be safe with your firearms and we'll continue to do that. But the next one is the firearms safety certificate, the FSC. Most of you know this for when you go to buy your first pistol, you have to go pay a sum of money and then take a test. And if you pass the test, you get a card good for five years so you can buy that firearm. Kevin, you and I both had these. But, Kevin, if you don't buy a firearm for five years, do you necessarily renew your FSC? Well, I got to tell you, uh, the last time I went to purchase a firearm, I had realized that my FSC had been expired for about a year and a half. So I I guess that's kind of the answer to that. (laughs) How could that happen? Because, I mean, surely the Department of Justice sent you a warning notice that said, hey, in 90 days, your FSC will expire. They didn't, because all that is is proof that I took a test that shows I know how to, or I basically says I have common sense when it comes to firearms, and it's only required to physically purchase a firearm. Okay, so folks, this is what Gonzalez's Senate Bill 1253 will say, that if your FFC card, which under his bill will now become your firearms ownership card, is expired, you have to surrender all your firearms. 
every last one of them. How would they know what they were? Oh, go back to the bills. Thanks to your insurance agent, they'll know what they are. Thanks to the FFC approved, the firearms uh, safety devices, FSD, sorry, approved, they'll know where they're located. They'll know how they're stored. They'll know what they need to know to come get them. Folks, this is, and I'm just going to say it, the gun grab. The long-feared gun grab is here. And if you're like, well, Rick, this is just a licensing thing. It's just another fee and another tax. Well, welcome to Senate Bill 1160 from the most hated person when it comes to law-abiding citizens owning firearms because he constantly makes us the enemy of the state and has turned us into the enemy of the state. He has the diabolical 1160, which is an annual registration of firearms, Kevin. Yeah, so if if... The erosion of your rights has been coming too slow for you to notice, uh, or that that pot of water that we've been in is slowly coming up to a boil. Uh, the the lid is about to be slammed on top of us. They're out in the open now. They are not trying to hide it. They're not creating back doors. This is just a facial. Hey, we are fascistic enough to impose a registry on you. We're going to make you pay a fee. For every single firearm that you own, not a one-time fee, an annual fee. So if you're one of those guys out there that likes to uh, get in your circles and, you know, chuckle a little bit because you own so many more firearms than your buddies, uh, potentially after next year, they could be chuckling at you because the amount of fees that you have to pay for all of those firearms in your safe at home uh, could surmount to a lot of money. And let's talk about that. One of the floats that has been floated out there on this bill is that for every firearm in year one, you'll have to pay a $250 fee to cover the cost of registering, which I've not figured this one out yet of how they can justify it, but it's $250 per firearm, folks. So I'm going to run two different examples. The person that has, you know, several shotguns, several rifles, several pistols, some handed down, et cetera, having 20 firearms in a safe is not a large collection. Well, 20 times 250, that's a lot of money, folks. You're not saying on a little bit of money. You know, you're, you're, you're saying on five grand to the state. Oh, but then it's $125 every year afterwards. So by the time you get through with a couple of years of doing this, you know, at year three, you put $10,000 out for a lot of families. Mom's going to come looking at husband and saying, really? $10,000 we could have went to Europe. $10,000 could put a kid through school. $10,000 could pay for medical bills, food, everything, especially in this hyperinflation of California's economy. Folks, that will cause people to say, uh, I'm going to turn it in, and bills we're not talking about. They, there are several of them that would call for those firearms to be destroyed immediately upon being turned in. But what's really frightening to me is the racism in this bill and classism in that, you know, I talk to people as do you, Kevin, and let's break this down. A lot of people that live in a low-income area, like they may only have a $500 pistol and a $500 shotgun. That means they're literally going to be rebuying that every couple of years in just their fees to keep them. They're not going to keep them. They're not going to be able to afford to, Kevin. Or they're going to be turned into criminals. Exactly. 
<laughs> which is which is the mold right there. And and Rick, I, I'm sort of I'm reading the mind of uh, a lot of your listeners here. This is a lot of bad stuff. Let's just be upfront about it. Uh, I think we talked about five, six, or seven bills within these segments. Um, I do, uh, you know, since since uh, you're allowing the plugs today, I do want to plug at least one more thing. Uh, you know, just in the last few months of the legislative session last year, uh, CRPA came online with one-click politics. Uh, if you were a CRPA member, you received an email to allow you to send an opposition email to the legislators that represent you. We're working with that all year this year. Uh, I'm building up the campaigns right now, and we're at about 30. So, you guys, if you are saying to yourself, these are some egregious bills, and you're wondering how you can oppose them, uh, check the CRPA website at crpa.org. Uh, we, we will have a landing page. It's not currently up, so don't go to it right now, but we will have a landing page once the recess is over with campaigns that you can send opposition letters to a lot of these bills. And Kevin, I think that's highly important. We want to empower you here on Fine Line Radio and at the CRPA to be able to do the uh, last part of our motto. I mean, our motto, so everybody knows, is be safe, which is what about firearm safety, shoot straight, which is about to train on how to use your firearm, and the fight back, which is this radio is a part of, your ability to learn how to fight back. And, Kevin, I think that our, our one-click politics is highly successful, highly um, needed, in this fight because they need to hear from you. But I want people to realize this annual registration, this has been done. It's been done in other countries. So when you go and say, well, Rick, how bad is this? Maybe you're still on the fence. I will challenge you. Go and show me where this kind of a registration has ever been used and it turned out good for the people. Because you're going to find in the last 700 years of firearms being in public hands Never, ever has this been a good thing. It has always turned out to be the result of a tyrannical government going after its people. Most notably, yeah, most notably in 1920s and 30s Germany, where we saw a lot of uh, anti-firearms legislation be passed that disarmed a lot of people so that when the Nazis came knocking, they were not able to protect themselves. You might think that this isn't something that could ever happen, you know, in California or in the United States or in Western civilization, yet we continue to allow the same kinds of bills be passed. That's how it happened the first time. Don't think that it can't happen again. And now, like I said, 1160 is egregious. It is up in our faces saying, hey, we own you. We want you to register your firearms. And I'm just going to say it to you, folks. You know, we say this all the time, so you can hear this um, short, brief thing that I say to the Assembly and the Senate every time I testify just about, and that's this. Throughout our lifetimes, in fact, for many of you, you may still remember this, they're listening to the program. For those that this is your parents or grandparents, They're going to tell you the same thing. There was a time here in California, L.A., Riverside, San Diego, Sacramento, you named a place where high school students took 22 rifles to school, shot in clubs, shot competitively. And guess what? Nothing bad happened. When you look at the number of firearms owned per capita in this country, there were times where none of these things happened. 
Um, you can look to countries like Switzerland, where they have pretty much the same per capita firearms ownership. And you know what? They only had something bad happen a little over 20 years ago. Didn't you have to ask yourself this question? Then, since we have more gun laws than any other state, and they haven't stopped the bad things happening, maybe this isn't the road we should be exploring. Maybe the road is to start to look at what else has changed that has led to these acts of violence. Have we gotten too soft on criminals? Are there drugs and things that are being used that have altered the way people think? Are there other influences made people think it's acceptable to be violent with firearms and other things? But your legislature isn't looking for the answers. Going back to what Kevin said so eloquently in this program, they already have an answer. They're looking for any fact that they can try to make up to back what they want to do. And what they want to do is come for your firearms and eliminate the culture of anybody who would ever own a firearm. That's why this station is here, to fight back for your rights. So in closing, I ask you, be safe, go get some training so you can shoot straight, and fight back by engaging with CRPA. When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, The Force of Optics, and by the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Hi folks, Philip Naiman. If you're a concealed handgun carrier, or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. AM 590, the answer.